It's time for Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Now here's Nick Coffee. All right, let's do it. It is 5 o'clock here on a Wednesday afternoon. Thank you guys for hanging out with us here. Coffee and Company, that's us. We're fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Been a busy show thus far. And uh, I mentioned at the beginning of the show, I, uh, I today's a big day for, for me. I mean, I feel like it is. You guys can you know maybe claim that that's corny, and that's fine. But today I have my first uh, practice for my son's I guess they call it Wee Ball. Have you heard of that, John? Is that a I've thing? I've heard of okay. Wee Ball. I think Wee Ball is basically like the the you know the youngest you can play in organized. And, and honestly, when I heard that he could play at three years old, I kind of thought it was silly because I'm like, you know, it's like when my daughter was three or four and played soccer. Like, they're just running around. Like, they're not really playing a sport. But, you know, he is excited. He's got a tee at the house. He always wants to go outside and play baseball. He's... Actually, and I don't know how to compare him to anybody, but he actually, you know, seems to be pretty, pretty, you know, he's picking up on things, right? Like he can hit it off the tee. And if I throw it to him, you know, I'd say every, you know, I'd say three out of five times when I, you know, give him a, give him a soft underhanded, uh, underhanded pitch, he can, he can get contact. So I'm excited, but I brought it up just to say, like, I don't, I don't really know what to expect because it's, it's a three-year-old starting baseball, so I would assume the competitive level, the competitive juices will not necessarily be, you know, super strong. But I don't know. I've always, in the back of my mind, worried about being that guy, that dad, when it comes to your kids playing sports. Because I've seen people that I know that are normal and are, you know, I don't want you say normal is probably not the right way to, to do it, but they just they, they act very much out of character when they're watching their kids play sports. And I've seen people who I know act like people that I don't know, if that makes sense. <laughs> and it's always made me think that could be me. And I don't really think it's going to happen at this level. But today's the first day. Again, I told John before the show, maybe, you know, they I put a lineup together and they got Moose Bat in seventh instead of, you know, earlier in the lineup. Maybe I go out there and punch the coach in the face because it's just, you know, it's that serious. I don't. I'm, I'm confident that won't happen, but you know, you you don't know until you actually, you know, get out there. I feel like you being conscious of it is already winning half the battle, though. Yeah, but I also don't want to overthink it. I just want to enjoy my kids playing sports. You know yeah. what I mean? And I, I I do think that that will eventually happen, but I get uncomfortable when I see parents acting certain ways. And I'm not saying like doing things to get you know to go viral and get arrested. I'm just saying like just act crazy. <laughs> and I guess, you know, there's going to be nobody more supportive and more into your kids' sports and their careers as athletes than you. And, you know, it can probably get the best of you at times. But you're right. I th- I'm glad you said that, John. Me at least having some awareness about it will probably help. So thank you. All right. Uh, believe it or not, three days in a row, we've continued to discuss the Trenton Flowers fallout. And the more that time has passed and the more that Trenton Flowers and his family have talked, I got to be honest with you. I don't know what Kenny Payne could have done to prevent this. Nobody's going to tell you it's not a, I mean, it's a bad look. Nobody can tell you otherwise. Nobody at UofL would tell you. Like Kenny's staff wouldn't say that this was, you know, uh, you know, a positive or something or that it's, I mean, it's bad. It's unfortunate, no doubt. And the last thing Kenny needed was this kind of news, just given sort of the overall start to the Kenny Payne era. But I don't know what he could have done to prevent this from happening. 
Trent Flowers and his father did a Q&A with Jeffrey Lightsey Jr. last night, and I thought Jeffrey did a really good job of asking questions that are important questions that give some context here. One, though, that I don't know is, did they reach out to the NBL or the NBL reach out to them? That's a really important thing here, and I would love to know, and I don't know if we ever will. But Kenny didn't pick up the phone after Trenton Flowers had made this decision, and I understand those that say, man, that's a bad look because it, if you really care about these players, regardless if he's bailing on you, you'd at least answer the phone. Like, I get why people are saying that, but I actually don't have a problem with it because he got burned by this kid. He did. And, you know, having a conversation with him when you're probably emotional and upset, and I don't mean like crying, but like, it's probably best to just not talk when you're blindsided like that. That's That's the way I see it. So you guys know I will be critical of Kenny Payne when I feel like it's necessary. I don't know if there's anything he did wrong here. He got burned by a kid, a kid who was, by all accounts, a fraud, right? He was the guy who was appearing to be the real example of what Kenny wanted, is that a guy who has good character comes from a good family and is all about getting this thing turned around. And Trenton and his parents, they went out of their way any chance they got to say those kind of things, like, we're here because we believe in Kenny Payne. And they bailed on him. Like, he got burned by this kid, and that sucks for him. They're less talented now than they were beforehand. But the overall assessment here of Kenny Payne in year two is kind of the same. You just got to go win, man. And I'd be a liar if I said I think they're going to win enough to where we feel like, okay, here we go. This guy's the right guy for the job. I just can't lie to you and say that I think that's going to happen. But either way, we're going to find out. And now we just have to wait to see if he can, in fact, get results. Now, Trent Flowers saying that he was the best player in practice every day and he was kicking ass. You know, I don't think he was, first of all, I don't think he was doing that. But, you know, it's not a scenario where I'm going to tell you, oh, he was getting his ass kicked every day, so he had to leave. Like, no, I think he probably got humbled here and there because he was playing against really good players that are older than him, that are, you know, maybe more talented. I don't know if they have more upside, but Trey White's a really good player who plays a similar position, and he's getting the best of him in practice. Doesn't mean that Trent Flowers is, was going to be a scrub here, but I think what Trent Flowers decided to do was go hide in Australia for a year and really showcase in spots what he thinks is his best attributes to get to the NBA. And he has a better chance of doing that in Australia than playing for Louisville and maybe not living up to expectation, maybe not putting up big numbers. And in the end, I think he just he wants to be he wants to be fast tracked to the NBA. And he thinks the best chance to do that is in the NBL and not at Louisville. And again, that's a bad look. But I think that is a Trenton Flowers issue and not a Kenny Payne issue. Now, if he played here and started every game, would this staff develop, in, develop him enough to get into the league? I don't know. Probably not. But I just think that, you know, now that we've had two days to kind of process this whole thing, I think that is, that's the way I see it. All right, 502 571 is the number. If you guys want to jump in and join us on the phone lines, let's go to Robert. Robert, welcome into Sports Talk 790. What's up, man? Hey, bud. Uh, as usual, I guess I'm negative Robert. But uh, here, I know you don't want to bash you. Let me bash you. This shows you the inept, yeah. this shows you the ineptitude of this guy. I, it, listen, listen. Here's where you got to put it on campaign. Did he not check the character of this kid? Of course, you can say we got fooled. But if you're really, really a good a, a coach, yeah, you would know a little bit more about it. Is this kid need or? But anyhow, just go show what I've said. I've said this, and I'm gonna say this at the end, unless unless I get proven wrong. This class is is a facade. You you got you guys are gonna see. I've I've really researched this stuff, and uh, you know, uh, the grad transfer guy. I don't know. You know, I know the one guy from. Uh, 
where was that? What was it? Uh, Florida State. Where was the kid from? The, uh, the Miami kid? The kid Miami, from Miami. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's kind of yeah, an unknown. Yeah. He never got on the floor there. He's right. I'm just going to say, yeah. But anyhow, this is. I mean, you can't, we can't say, let's pull the plug on this experiment because, it, you know, it's it's not. Well, here, yeah. here, 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 here's my frustration. Well, thank you for the call, Robert. I appreciate it. Look, when you say pull the plug, I assume you don't mean like right now because there would literally be zero benefit of doing that. And I think it would make it harder for you to get your next coach. That is one thing that I will never know. It's one of those things we will never know. But if Ken, if they moved on from Kenny after last year's disaster, I don't believe there would have been an outrageous amount of national backlash about Louisville doing Kenny Payne wrong. You may hear it here and there. I think coaches would say it because they like Kenny by all accounts. But you won four games at Louisville. Like I don't think you could do that and really at the end of the day be super surprised and blindsided if they decided to go in a different direction. It'd be very, it'd be, it'd be, be there'd just there'd be no comparison. There'd be no, there'd be no other situation that was similar to that where a pro program of Louisville's caliber only gave a coach one year. But again, Louisville winning four games is also something that's very unusual. So, I, I don't. Here's here's what I think would have happened. There would have clearly been some people around here that would have been very upset. I think it would be. A smaller group. I think they'd be very loud, but I think at the end of the day, if they moved on from Kenny after one year, we'd be bummed that it didn't work out. And some would say, hey, this is great. Get him out of here. But like, I think if you really process that, you'd kind of understand. Now, with all that said, whatever coach you go hire after one year of getting rid of the previous coach, they're going to have you by the you know what and say, I'm I'm comfortable. I'm coaching here. You want me to come there? You better give me a contract that has crazy stipulations because I just saw you can can a guy after one year. I don't want that to happen to me. So the long play was to not get rid of him after year one, even though we can't necessarily feel great about it being much better in year two. Although I think it will be better, and, and we'll get to that in a moment because we now know a good chunk of the non-conference schedule, and they're going to win more than four games. We all know that. And, you know, that shouldn't be like, okay, well, they're better now. I mean, that shouldn't be, you know, shouldn't be the, the bar, and it's not. But, you know, at, if, if you get rid of Kenny after two years because it's bad once again, it won't matter who your next coach is. Like, if you end up getting rid of Kenny Payne because, let's say, he wins nine games or something, and he has, in two seasons, at a place like Louisville, in a world where you can flip a roster quickly, there's no more cloud, if he has a total of 13 wins in two years, I, I think it's just clearly... And I hate this. Is sound, this sounds so mean, but it sounds like well anybody but this guy. But that's kind of the way you look, you would look at it because what it means is like, look, we don't know who we can go get. We don't know what 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 you know waters we're going to be swimming in as far as who would take the job. But we know the guy that's here now isn't the guy. Does that make sense? Like whenever Bobby fell apart in football and they got rid of him, clearly everybody wanted Jeff Brom and he turned us down. And we were bummed about that. But anybody else that was next in line, we were going to be willing to embrace, which we did with Scott Satterfield, because we just knew it had to happen, and here's our guy. I kind of think that'd be the case. We would have probably mocked and not been super thrilled. And I said it, look, I will look, I, as much as I'm critical of Kenny Payne and I was a little bit weary about the hire, I said it many times. If you can't go get a guy that is a... Mick Cronin, which I didn't want Mick Cronin, or a Eric Musselman, who I loved. 
if you know those guys are not going to entertain the job, and you would probably at best be going to get who's the guy that went from Murray State to uh, to LSU? Because it's right around that time. Matt McMahon is his name. If you're going to get that guy or a Kevin Willard, who you know won one tournament game in like 15 years at Seton Hall, like if you're either going to get those two guys or go get Kenny Payne, I said give me Kenny Payne because I think. Clearly, there's a bigger risk. He's never been a head coach, but you know what? It may really pop. It may really work out. But at the end of the day, I was wrong. Kevin Willard was phenomenal at Maryland in his first year. I mean, he was good. Came in here and kicked our ass. So my point is, we will have been humbled by this entire thing. And coaches that we ended up sort of, you know, thinking, oh, we ever entertain that guy. We probably won't be saying that about them because of what just happened. But again, Kenny's getting this year, and if he does good enough in the eyes of his boss, he'll be around for another year. What we don't know is what is his what is his, and his boss is not going to tell us. I wouldn't if I was him. But what we don't know is what is the true bar, right? I don't even know if he has in his mind right now. But there has to be something, even if it's not you know a prepared document that he's following. Josh Hurt has to know in his mind what needs to be out there on the floor as far as results, product and support, meaning people showing up to games. There's got to be something in his mind that is the bar. We'll never know what it is, though, right? Because he wouldn't tell us that. I wouldn't expect him to. It's just not how these things work. So I'm not optimistic. I wouldn't even say, like, let me look up the definition. I feel like I know what the word hopeful means, John. But I'm going to look it up just to get the exact definition. Feeling or inspiring optimism about a future event. That would not be how I would classify my feelings about Louisville football. So I'm not hopeful. I'm not optimistic. Can you be a hopeful pessimistic or a a pessimistic hopeful? Yeah, but like, I'll just say that I'm, again, I I feel like I now have learned what the definition of hopeful was and I didn't know beforehand because I just thought hopeful meant like, I have hope. But hopeful means that you actually have some inspiring optimism according to, you know, the internet. It wouldn't be on the internet if it wasn't true. So I hope it works out. But I'm not necessarily confident that it will. But we'll see. Again, he's going to have the opportunity to do so. And I don't love the schedule that's out there as far as the non-conference games, but I understand why they're doing it. So here are the let's, – let's break this down. This is from, let's see, college basketball writer Rocco Miller put this out. And it is a rundown of Louisville's non-conference schedule that I, I guess it's done. They're going to play UMBC – to start the season, that's the team, of course, that is the first 16 to ever knock off a one. Shout out to UMBC. They'll play Chattanooga on the 10th, which is a game that, like, you got to be, you know, I don't know what they're going to be this year, but Chattanooga is a team that, I'll put it put it this way, the Furmans that beat you, the Wright States that beat you, they're, I think they're in that, in that category. Now, again, Louisville should never, under any circumstance, you know, feel like, oh, man, we're going to have a tough game. But, like, I actually think that's going to be a low-key, and I hate even saying this because it's, like, a reminder of where we are. But like Chattanooga is your second game, is a game that no matter how bad you play, you should still win. But we'll see. Coppin State on November fifteenth. That's one of the worst teams in the country. New Mexico State on November twenty fifth. That's a team. That that's a school that literally didn't finish last season. <laughs> they they canceled the season midway through because of hazing that was going on. They'll play Bellarmine on November twenty eighth. Arkansas State on December 13th, Pepperdine on the 17th, and Kentucky on December 21st, and then they'll play at DePaul on December 9th. The Empire Classic, of course, is on November 19th. They will play Texas, and then the winner 
or loser, depending on the the next game will either be against Indiana or UConn. They were going to play Murray State, but it is in the contract that it could be moved to a future season if need be, and I guess that's what's happening. So here's what I here's what I I plan to start the show Monday saying this because it was when the news broke. Not the news about Flowers, but the news broke about the matchups in the Empire Classic. And I thought about saying, you know what? Your fourth game of the season is going to be against Texas. And you've got some tune-ups. UMBC, Chattanooga, Coppin State. You should win those games and get better each time out. And then you're going to go in to Texas, or going to go into Brooklyn and play Texas. And I felt like asking the audience, are we good to say like, Let's just go see where we stand. If you're competitive against a Texas team that is not, I mean, this isn't Chris Beard, Texas. This Texas team, they do have some good players. They're clearly going to be favored. They're probably going to be right around the top 25 in the preseason rankings. I think they were like number 24 in ESPN's early rankings. I felt like that could be an opportunity to really just see where you stand. And you could, you know, we hate moral victories around here, but if you look good in those three games against the bum teams and your young team's putting it together and you go out there and compete against the top 25 team, that could be a real... It could be the first ever sign that, okay, we're getting better. Let's see how this thing finishes out. And Trent Flowers not being in the mix doesn't mean that we can't look at it that way. But clearly, the roster is not as talented as it was now that he's gone. We still have a lot of people asking about the scholarship situation. Like, can they go fill it? And I guess it's because... In that interview that the Flowers family did, they insinuated that they gave Louisville plenty of time. Like, no, you didn't. Like, school starts in a week. Like, they can't go fill that scholarship. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that's, you know, throwing out there. Well, I mean, the season doesn't start until November, three months away. So they got time. Like, that's, get out of here with that. That's nonsense. Like, maybe you mean like they can work and practice and, you know, move on without Flowers in that respect. But like, the, to act as if you gave them time to you know get somebody else, you literally couldn't have done it at a worse time. So, yeah. All right. Uh, I want to go ahead and give you guys a heads up because you know I believe in transparency. The last segment of today's show will will be something that you heard earlier. It's just a little snippet. A lot of you probably didn't hear it because it was in the 3 o'clock hour. But I am getting out of here early because, again, I want to make sure I can get there as early as I can for the first practice for uh, for Wii Baseball. Yeah, for Wii, you know, Wii Ball, whatever they call it, and uh, I'm excited. I mean, it's not going to be a recurring thing. Like, right, I'm not going to bail on the show because, you know, sorry, my son's got a, you know, my three-year-old son's got a game at six. But I, it's his first practice, and I'm just, I feel like, you know, it's, I mean, I'm going to be a dad. In, 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 in the words of Marty Polio, I mean, I'm going to be a dad. I mean, that's just what's going to happen. So if you are asking me if I was a dad yesterday, Today. yes, I was a dad yesterday. If that's what you are asking me. So again, if you guys are asking if it's repurposed content because I'm out of here, yeah, it is. So if you are asking me if I was a dad yesterday, yes, I was a dad yesterday. If that's what you are asking me. Just to be clear. All right, let's uh, take a quick time out before we do it. Another reminder, an important reminder, temperature control, it's really important. And you don't know the value of temperature control until you don't have it. And if you end up in a situation where you don't have it, it sucks, but don't panic. Do what I did. Trust my friends at the DFH Company. 502-968-6222. Check them out online, dfhcompany.com. They'll come out. They'll give you an honest assessment. They're not going to try to sell you something that you don't need. They are not going to 
take advantage of the fact that they have you. Meaning, what I mean by that, they know that you called them because you don't know how to fix it. I mean, I guess there's a scenario you do and you just don't want to do it, and you know that they are, you know, providing that service. But most people who call DFH or any other HVAC company, it's because like, hey, I don't know what's going on, but it ain't working. Can you please help me? They got you. They can tell you anything. And I was naive enough until I realized, you know what? I need to get a second opinion. And I did. Reached out to DFH, saved myself a lot of money because I probably would have bought a brand new system and I didn't need it. So the best thing I can say about DFH is you can trust them. 502-968-6222, dfhcompany.com. Tell them we sent you. Quick time out. We'll come back on the other side. I want you guys to hear a, uh, a clip from Jeff Brom as he talked at the luncheon earlier this week. And uh, it got me really excited to just envision what the first video that's going to get out of Jeff Brom screaming at his team in the locker room. Because you know what's going to happen, right? It's just what he does. And it's going to get them fired up. It's going to get us fired up. And football season's coming soon, and that's exciting. You're listening to Coffee and Company with Nick Coffee on Sports Talk 790. Now you know we are two wild and crazy guys. Give Nick a call at 502-571-7900. Now back to Coffee and Company, fueled by Thornton's on Sports Talk 790. Give Nick a call at 502 571 7900 Jason Aldean, right? It is. Why don't you play Try That in Small Town, John? <laughs> I should have known you were going to say something like that. <laughs> this is definitely, though, a top tier Jason Aldean song. Jason Aldean, I feel like he's kind of lumped in with the D bags of country with, yes. in, in the eyes of a lot of people. And, like, I'm not saying that, like, you know, I, I'm saying this pre the recent thing, which we're not discussing, but. Um, I think early Aldine was good. I don't know. I, when I, he had Amarillo Sky. Oh yeah, he became sort of a uh, a star, I suppose, right around the time I was getting out of high school. And he was he, I thought he was good. I, I think I don't like as much. I don't like a lot of his new stuff as much. But that's just really any modern bro country kind of guy. And I don't even know if you'd call him bro country, but like you know, you know what I mean. Once he did uh, burning it down, it's when he started burning going into it that down. territory. Yeah, that's, he just sounds like he's whining the whole time. <laughs> So, um, if you are heading home and you had planned on taking the Second Street Bridge, uh, plan something different. So, if you heard the traffic update there during the break, they had the Second Street Bridge closed because of a trailer that had come off of a semi. And uh, looks like I'm reading here from WDRB. It says that it looks like something that flew off into a window and the whiskey. Like, it's a big issue, big mess. So. Avoid it if you can. I mean, this was actually hours ago, but apparently it's still it's still a mess, still an issue. Did they ever reopen that other bridge? They did. Okay. It was pretty low-key, but I think it was just like the bottom part of the New Albany well, and, Bridge. And I think it's because, you say it was low-key, I agree, but I would say it's because it's the least used bridge outside of maybe the Easton Bridge, which again, you could convince me that we don't even need that bridge. You could, I've never been on yeah, it. Yeah, so, um, and I don't know why I remember this, but I remember one time reading a breakdown about how there was no real 
like the cost of that, like it's nice to have it, but there really was no, there wasn't enough evidence that showed it was needed and we just did it anyway. But anyways, um, you know, people who take that bridge every day, it impacted them, but it's not as many people. And I think that's kind of why it was a quiet uh, reopening to where, you know, I'm sure those that do take that bridge daily were very happy, but uh, yeah. You sure they didn't plant that tractor trailer thing there to make people go across the pay bridge? I don't know. It's good. That's a good point. <laughs> that, uh, that's a good way to make money. Are you somebody that, do you keep that in mind when you go across the bridge? Like, are you somebody that will say, look, I'll be damned if I'm going to give them any money. I'm getting off downtown and I'm going to go across Second Street Bridge. I am. I'm a stingy person. So like even that. if you're coming from, you know, Bullitt County where we reside, you'll still go Second Street? It really depends on if I'm late or not, which I'm usually not well, late. I think things. it totally depends on time of day. Yeah. Um, so I, if I'm downtown, there's no scenario where I'm going to get on and go across the bridge where I have to pay a toll. Um, if I'm coming, I'll put it this way. It's much more likely that I would get off at the second street bridge, meaning like get off downtown and take the second street bridge. If I'm going into Indiana, if I'm coming back from Indiana, it's actually kind of tricky. Like to me, maybe I'm just a dumbass, which don't answer that, but it, it, it sneaks up on me kind of like I'll realize, well, now I got to go across. It the is easy toll to bridge. Yeah. You're not wrong. So yeah. Anyways, traffic apparently is not great today. So everybody uh, be aware, be aware. All right. So, I would say there's a lot of coaches that they're on court, on field, in practice, in locker room intensity level is different than their everyday intensity level. But I don't know if you could find somebody that may have a bigger difference than Jeff Brom. Jeff Brom is a very, very quiet, I mean... Don't take this as an insult, but like he's kind of boring. He says a lot without saying anything, and he's just a football guy. I mean, what's his go-to line? You know, I don't have a lot of hobbies. I like football. It's true. And he's good at football, for, by all accounts. And what he does, you know, hell of a player. Now he's, you know, back here coaching. It's great. But there's, I don't, you know, if you just saw Jeff Brom only on the field in moments where he's super intense, like, and then you met him, you'd be like, well, who's this guy? And he talked a little bit about that in the luncheon, and uh, it it has me fired up because you know what they're they're going to, they're going to absolutely as they should get a camera in there when he gives one of his fiery intensive in, intense speeches. You know, street fight between the whistles. He hammers down. I actually think that one was better. I mean, I know street fight between the whistles got a lot of attention, and it was awesome too. But his hammer down one at Purdue. I know you probably didn't like it, John, because you're an IU fan. But like it, I thought it was actually better. But anyways, uh, here is him talking about the intensity level that uh, you know he thinks is important, and he certainly has that intensity level. You know, off the field, I think I can be pretty calm and, and normal, but on the field, I sometimes can't. So I, I, do, I do pray for the man upstairs to help me when I take the field because I will say a few things that I will regret. But our coaches know that when the game's over, then we move on. But, you know, I want our players to know that, in order to win in major college football, there has to be intensity. And you know what? I'm going to have to have some of it as well. And I think our coaches are as well. And you'll see us talk to each other and not smile at times and, and say a few things that uh, maybe we shouldn't. But I want us to be into it. You know, I want it to, matter, it, it to matter to us. I want our players to see that. And then I want our players to compete and, and realize that, you know what? No, nothing's going to be perfect uh, when you go on the game day. You've got to be able to react and overcome things. And, and, and stick together and know that, you know, if you make a mistake and, and there's, a, there's a exchange here and there that's, that's not what you want, you move on from it. And then that's kind of life, but it's definitely in, in, in high level of, of competitive football. And, but 
if you compete and you have an intensity and you believe in yourself, you'd be surprised what you can uh, accomplish. So that's what we want to do is try to set the goals high, set the bar high, and try to get there. So you'd be a good person to ask this, John, because Purdue is the rival of Indiana, and we're all on the same page that the rivalry between those two is not really what it is between Louisville and Kentucky. Did you have obviously you didn't like Jeff Brom as like a coach because you know you wanted Purdue to lose they're they're, they're the rival but like did you have any real feeling about him specifically No, no I didn't and, and I've never really had that feeling toward any Purdue coach well, other and, than maybe I, Matt Painter I think a lot of that is just your nature but also I feel like because I bring it up because I had a buddy who reached out to me a couple of days ago big Kentucky fan who says I'm really looking forward to Jeff Brom doing something to make me hate him <laughs> and. I thought, like, I don't know what he would do. Like, maybe he'll beat you, but he's not going to be, you know, he's not going to be talking smack. He's, I mean, I I think, you know, you will dislike him as a Kentucky fan because, again, he's coaching Louisville. And if they're really lousy, you will make fun of him and make fun of us because we got so excited. Like, that's how it's going to work if, in fact, things don't work out. But Satterfield was a guy that you all, I mean, it's easy to make fun of Satterfield. He was a dork, right? And Bobby, I mean, clearly, Bobby beats your brains in more often than not. But Bobby, you know, you could make, you know, he, he was not likable to anybody, even if you weren't a rival, right? He was a jerk and he, you know, has the motorcycle jokes, that kind of stuff. But like with, 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 um, with Brom, I don't really know if there's going to be a polarizing personality at any point where Kentucky fans are like, oh, I can't wait to beat that guy. You're going to want to beat him because he's a rival, but I don't think it's going like, I'll put it this way. I genuinely felt like Calipari was perfect for the rivalry because he's, he's, a, he's a villain. He's good at that. And, I, you know. I think if you just look at college basketball villains top to bottom, regardless of who you're a fan of, he's on the list because he's he's a guy that I think is really good at embracing people not liking him. And that's a talent in a way. And it's good when the rival has that. Same thing with Patino. Patino, there was history. That's why Kentucky fans didn't like him. We all know it. But like, I'll give you this example. I hope Kentucky football loses every game they play. <laughs> I mean that because I'm a Louisville fan, right? That's just how it works. But I don't, I don't really have any feel for Mark Stoops. I'm not telling you I think he's a great coach, but like I don't find anything about him as far as his demeanor, his personality. I don't find it to be unlikable or villain-like. Does that make sense? Like he's pretty, you know, what you see is what you get. I don't know if I think he's as good of a coach as maybe some other people do, but like I don't have any real like the hell with that guy. This is really random about Mark Stoops, but and plus you're not really a rock music guy, but he bears a very, very passing resemblance of Axl Rose. From oh Guns yeah, Roses. <laughs> some there's there's a. There's a UK Twitter account that has some kind of a like Axel Stoops or something, and it's like Stoops' face on that that person with like the hair, and it like it looks exactly like. And Axel Rose is a very hateable person. Is he? I don't know. I mean, Guns and Roses has great music, but he as a human being has never been kind of like a scumbag. Yeah, he's kind gotcha. of a scumbag. Yeah. Me or Axel Rose? Axel Rose. Okay. Are you? I was gonna say, are you calling me a scumbag because I'm leaving early to to go watch my kid play baseball? Just don't be a scumbag to the coach or whoever else's parents might. So be. if you are asking me if I was a dad yesterday, Today. Yes, yes, I was a dad yesterday. If that's what you are asking me, that means we got to get out of here. Um, well, well, I mean, we still have a show. I mean, we're gonna finish. There's gonna be coffee and company until the end of the show as it typically is but this is actually something from earlier in the three o'clock hour that i think will be it'll be topical it's uofl uk it's uofl uk football stuff and uh i'm gonna get out of here and try to get to my son's first practice again this won't be something we do all the time because you know that wouldn't you know i have a job to do but i'm pulling i'm pulling a marty polio i'm gonna go be a dad and i won't apologize for that